You're listening to The Angry Mason, building a hot shit podcast brick by brick. I'm your hot shit host, Angry Mason Ryan, and here's my podcast partner, Angry Mason Dan. Ryan, we had our big reveal last week. Everyone got to hear the origin story. Yeah, they did. And uh, the current feedback is they loved it, right? Well, actually, the current feedback is... Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? <laughs> Apparently not everyone believes the story, Ryan. It's hard to, to hear that, but it's true. I am aghast and agog that someone would question our, our recollection of our own origin story. Exactly. The nerve of some people. Well, I can assure everyone that it happened exactly like that. I'm, I'm, it, word for word. Yes. Absolutely. Mostly. And we want to thank, uh, mostly. And we want to thank the uh, OG Angry Mason uh, PDP for showing up last week. Uh, it was nice having him around a little bit. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm not a prognosticator or anything, but uh, maybe we're going to have some more guests coming up in the new year. That's right. We are working on it right now. We're lining up some st- a star-studded cast, if you will, of guests to uh, to show up here and, and and put a little spin on the Angry Masons. Honorary Masons, if you will. Yeah, I mean, that was the last of the OG Angry Masons there, PDP. Unless old Sammy from Miami comes out of witness protection. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a couple others, but, uh, you know, they choose not to talk to us anymore, which is sad. Uh, well, you know, uh, maybe you offended them, Ryan. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, no, I definitely offended them. Yeah, yeah. All right. no, yeah. on purpose. <laughs> they were good friends. They would have forgiven you anyway. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody gets it, Ryan. They don't know what an honor it is to be an angry Mason. Thank you. And also, uh, Dan, on this episode, I'm going to be- take a lot of the guesswork out of gift giving for our listeners because oh. I'm taking it upon myself to try out new alcohols that have come out in the last year or so, taste test them for you Mm -hmm. and let you know what would be a good gift and what wouldn't. Because let's face it. I mean, I do all of my holiday shopping at the liquor store on the 24th. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I see this as a service and if I have to get a little drunk to do it, so be it. We're going to start out with new Amsterdam peach vodka. Now, according to their marketing, New Amsterdam peach tastes like biting into a fresh Georgia peach. Succulent peach flavor is rounded out with orange blossom and a touch of vanilla to create a complex and pleasant profile. It's soft, refreshing mouthfeel. Oh, I hate that word. Leads to a smooth, clean finish. Uh, Okay. Well, sounds intriguing. Uh, Tell us if it's truth in advertising, Ryan. I will. First off, it's uh, it's 70 proof. So... You know, it'll get you drunk, but not too drunk. All right. Oh, God. Ah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. It's slightly less sweet peach schnapps. So do with that what Mm -hmm. you will. Thumbs up or thumbs down? You know, I got sick to death on peach schnapps when I was an early drinker. So I'm going to say pass on this. But if you love peach, yeah, just go with peach schnapps. This is gross. 
All right, well, a thumbs down on your first sample of the day. Uh, let's give you a little time to space them out there, and we'll come back to this in a little bit, Ryan, and you can try something else. So what's that sound? That's a splendid idea. All right. Meanwhile, let's go ahead and kick off the show with some wacky news. Well, Ryan, our first story comes from Dallas, Texas, where a local North Texas church was having breakfast with Santa. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and all the kids were there, families were there, uh, but also there were a few protesters, Ryan. Uh, protesters? Apparently pro- they were protesting Christmas? I'm not really sure. But uh, then the uh, protesters took it too far and started screaming at children as they were coming in that there was no Santa. Boo! Boo these people! I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of fucked up. I mean... Kids should learn that Santa isn't real when they go and spy on their parents having sex and just happen to see their Christmas presents in the closet. Oh, is there uh, something you want to tell us about, Ryan? No, absolutely not. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I agree. These things should come up organically. Uh, Certainly not uh, shouted at small toddlers uh, as they're heading into a church event. Uh, So the church called the police. Uh, The police showed up and, uh, well, that guy was charged with criminal trespass and, and, and generally, uh, He's headed for a little bit of cold in his stocking this year, I think. Not just in his stocking, I'm thinking. Mm, yeah. Our next story, Ryan. Well, this one is about a Florida man. Ah, Florida man. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently in Florida, you can get out of jail free because you are too fat. Ha ha ha. Time to commit some crimes. <laughs> well, Ryan, I'm afraid you got a lot of eating to go because this man weighed over 600 pounds. And that weight brought along with it a bunch of health issues. Once the state of Florida discovered they'd be on the hook for his medical care, well, they were quick to do a plea deal and make sure he didn't serve any time. Wow, they they really do hate socialized medicine here in Florida. Here's what got the guy in trouble. He was infamous for ordering food and then complaining about the quality and refusing to pay for it. Uh, he once devoured five milkshakes before finding a hair in the shake and refusing to pay. Uh, what really got him, though, was at a 7-Eleven. He ate nearly $50 worth of beef jerky and then claimed the last few scraps were moldy. I don't know if this guy is a genius or a glutton or a combination of both, but he's kind of my hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he committed the crime, but he doesn't have to do the time. Uh, now that he's got all these health issues, uh, he is now confined to bed due to his weight. And the judge says he's confined himself to his own prison. No need for the state to pay for it. Wow, that's that's existentially harsh. Well, anyway, let's move on to a little bit of lighter fare. This one's an international story, and it comes from Scotland. Ooh la la. <laughs> well, it looks like a mom named Helen sent her son Alfie to school where uh, he was going to participate in a nativity scene. Uh, he went uh, dressed as a shepherd, and he brought a little uh, inflatable sheep along with him. Inflatable sheep, huh? That's where right, Ryan. An inflatable sheep. Well, she got it off of the internet where it was listed as uh, kid, Kids Boys Brown Shepherd Costume Inflatable Sheep Nativity. Okay. Uh, and uh, she bought that thinking it'd be safe for kids. Much to her surprise, little Alfie was sent home. Turns out that sheep was actually a blow-up sex doll. Of course, this would be in Scotland. You know why kilts were invented? 
because she can hear a zipper from miles away. (laughs) Apparently this sheep had a large uh, large hole in its bottom, (laughs) along with uh, painted on eyelashes and red lips. When the teachers at school saw this, uh, they cried foul and uh, sent little Alfie home. Uh, Helen is is very embarrassed. Why the red lips? That okay? That's really, <laughs> like okay. You put a hole in there. That's okay. That's kind of fucked up. But long eyelashes and red lips. Oh man, you don't see that in nature. Well, I mean, they had to make it sexy somehow, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what are they doing in real life to sexy them up? I mean, do they go through that trouble? Like, oh, let me apply some mascara here. Let me put some. Uh, some lipstick on. Oh, now you're kissable. <laughs> well, uh, Helen told the boy, uh, you can't have the sheep, Alfie. Uh, but he kept asking why, so she had to make up a reason. Uh, but he still wanted to play with it. She says she plans to take the sex doll from him soon and claim it was the elf on a shelf that did it. <laughs> take it from him soon, huh? After he discovers himself. I think that they would take it away a little faster than soon. And blaming on the elf on a shelf, uh, isn't that just going to scar the kid uh, later in life? That elf on a shelf is having fun with his inflatable sheep. Is there not one safety pin in that house? Like, you just put a couple (laughs) holes in there and then problem solved. Well, I guess she didn't think about that, Ryan. But uh, Amazon has removed the item from its website, saying the seller did not meet the retailer's guidelines. Well, there goes my gift-giving idea. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to have to send that one back, Ryan. Sorry about that. I'll send it well, back eventually. <laughs> Our next story, it's another Florida man story, Ryan. And this one comes from St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, and it's about a man who, uh, well, he offered a hamburger for a certain service, Ryan. A certain service, like uh, like an Uber? Uh, no, he actually offered this burger to an undercover police officer for oral sex. Wait, so he wanted to get a blowjob, <laughs> right? Yes. So he's going to mm-hmm. give uh, a hamburger. Was it first off? Was it a hamburger or cheeseburger? This is very important detail. Well, uh, it, the article says it's unclear what type of burger was allegedly offered, uh, but the gentleman's name is a uh, Frank Capone, fifty-seven years old, and he propositioned a female officer. He thought was a prostitute. First off, if you can get a prostitute with a hamburger, you don't want that prostitute. (laughs) Yeah, maybe she was real skinny and he thought she needed to eat a burger and would go along with it. Whew. Yeah. uh, This one baffles me. I mean, what is the whopper to blowjob exchange rate nowadays? Um, apparently not good, uh, because, uh, rather than a BJ, uh, this guy got a free ride to prison. Damn. I wonder what he's going to get offered for his fruit cup. Uh, what he needs to do is, uh, find that woman from last week's story who was trying to get the fried chicken, uh, for sex, uh, and, uh, see if they could work out a deal for a cheeseburger instead. You know what? Let's see what we can do to make that happen. Let's get our intern on this, get them together. Enter! 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 Oh, wait, shit, we don't have an intern yet. Where are we supposed right, to work you, on that? You were supposed to be working on that, I thought. I don't understand. <sighs> All right, I'll see what I can do. All right, well. Going along with our theme here of food for services, a man was recently arrested for fraud, grand theft, and dealing in stolen property, uh, and uh, he was trying to exchange weed for a hot dog at a convenience store. That must be some shitty weed. 
I mean, you're going to trade weed for a hot dog? Uh, apparently he was really hungry and didn't have any money. Uh, so, uh, the guy, uh, the employee says the guy put the dope in a tissue and then into a cup and gave it to her for a hot dog. The employee took the cup to the employee <laughs> office and called 911. The cup was given to police officials. Damn. Damn. That, that employee has no chill whatsoever. Well, uh, he was uh, trespassed from the store and charged uh, with selling or delivery of marijuana. First off, I mean, that's not even a crime in a lot of states now. But damn, that that worker is just cold-blooded. I know, right? I mean, couldn't you just let the poor man go uh, and, and let him have the hot dog? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he's giving away his weed, he's obviously down on his luck. Damn, he's already having a hard enough time. Just, just you know, make fun of him and let him go. Shoot. Well, and now he's got to try to explain in prison, uh, you know, maybe to the other inmates about uh, why he's there. And uh, he's going to have to tell him that he was just trying to get a hot dog for weed. Uh, who knows? Maybe in prison someone will take him up on that offer, if you know what I mean. It's so veiny. <laughs> so it is. Ugh. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's uh, let's see what other liquors you have for us to sample. Ah, well, next up is Three Olives Pink Grapefruit. Let me just uh, pull that out oh, here. Sounds right up your alley, Ryan. Uh, yeah. In the interest of full disclosure, I hate grapefruit. I mean, <laughs> I like my women bitter, but not my citrus or citrusy yeah. flavored drinks. But uh, let's, let's see what... Three Olives describes it as juicy citrus and orange pulp, uh, followed by tart grapefruit with notes of sweet strawberry, lemon, and a pleasing, lightly bitter finish. Hmm. All right, so let's give this a try here. I'm dubious here, Ryan. Real dubious. Oh. Oh, God. (laughs) Is it pleasing, lightly bitter? Oh, it's like fucking drinking medicine. Shit! <laughs> oh, this is a this is a do not buy if you have any self respect. All right, so uh, that's another thumbs down from Ryan on the three olives pink grapefruit. Uh, so far, Ryan, uh, not so successful. We're zero for two, buddy. Zero um, for two. Well, ho- you know we're we're, we're we're I'm doing this as a service. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you gift givers out there. Stay away from the uh, the pink grapefruit and the uh, the peach. Just just say no. Mm. See now, you may have saved someone's Christmas, Ryan. You might just have saved someone's uh, Christmas by trying to avoid that bullshit. You know what? If there's someone that you actually hate and you have to get them a oh. present anyway, you get them one of this those. Is... Oh, all right. So that's a little gift suggestion from Ryan, right to yeah. you guys. All right. Well, uh, now that we've had another little liquor break, uh, let's go ahead and jump into some foosball. Ryan, the, my uh, Florida Gators had the week off, and that's good because the Miami Dolphins needed all the football juju they could get, and they pulled off probably one of the wildest and best plays I've seen in my life. And I have to tell you, it was – they're calling it the Miami Miracle. I remember seeing this on TV. I was at uh, I was out in Okeechobee visiting the family, and uh, we had it on in the background. And I thought, you know, the game's over. 
Oh, yeah. I might as well just focus on, you know, whatever I'm eating. And then I saw the play and I'm like, oh, okay, they ladder a little bit. Oh, the, another lateral. Oh, he's going. Oh, I'm sure they're going to throw a penalty. Wait, no flags? No flags. Wait. Oh, there's Gronkowski. Oh, he stumbles. Oh, my God, it's a touchdown. What the <laughs> shit am I watching? <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, the uh, Patriots kicked that field goal to put them up by five with just uh, under a minute left, just a few seconds left. And I had pretty much given up on the game. I had already uh, started looking around for something else to do. And I was like, oh, fucking Dolphins, just what I expected. Folded at the last minute. And right as I'm about to turn off the television, I see this play unfold. Uh, and I, I have to admit, I squealed like a little girl, Ryan. I was jumping up and down and screaming. I couldn't wait to share this with somebody else. I know. Probably not a lot of uh, Dolphins fans out there in Colorado, huh? You would be surprised, actually. Uh, I have seen Dolphins fans all over the country. Uh, in Ohio, when I went to a Bengals game, there were lots of Dolphins fans. And uh, even uh, working at the theater here in Colorado, I've had a bunch of people come in with Dolphins hats uh, over the last year and a half or so. And uh, occasionally I slip them a free pass uh, just for being Dolphins fans. <laughs> now, I remember seeing a lot more of that back in the Marino days, but um, well, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm impressed. Well, I am super impressed by that big victory, and I have to say, even if the Dolphins, and more likely they're going to not make the playoffs, let's let's face reality, uh, I, I really feel like you can hang your season on that play and, uh, and, and still have a good feeling about it. You know what? That was Adam Gase's ticket off of the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, he's got next year in the bag, as far Absolutely. as Absolutely. If there was any talk about maybe uh, about uh, sending Adam Gase on his way, that play for sure bought him another year because uh, the Dolphins are milking that play. There are T-shirts out. Their uh, website has posted it and reposted it uh, dozens of times. And I have to tell you, Ryan, every time I see it on the Internet somewhere, I stop and watch it again. I've seen it like 50 times. It never gets old. I want a photo of Gronkowski flailing on the ground as Kenyon Drake runs past him. I want to frame that and put it over my desk. It was amazing. So I didn't know it before, but now, I mean, it's unquestioned that Kenyon Drake is going to go into the annals of Dolphins history. What a plucky third round pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember when uh, he was, uh, you know, deep on the bench, uh, like uh, in the reserve of running backs. And basically all he had going for him was that he was fast. But I think he's proven over the last year or so that, uh, you know, he can ball. That guy, he can play. And let's not discount the effort of the big man, the offensive lineman who blocked way downfield, blocked Patrick Chung, which really yeah. sprung Kenyon. I mean, big man's I got I think it was field. Ted Larson. I believe it was Ted Larson, and he made it all the way down the field while the Patriots were sort of shuffling around in disbelief that the play was occurring. He made it all the way downfield and laid that block that sprung Kenyon Drake free so that the only one left was Gronkowski who could stop him. And uh, I just I can just imagine Gronkowski shitting his pants when he realized he was the only thing between Kenyon Drake and, and <laughs> victory. Yeah, I think uh, I think both uh, Gronk and Larson needed some oxygen at the end of that play for different reasons. Yeah, there's a lot of videos going around of people uh, cut together from people's cell phones in the stands and their reaction. And there were a lot of people already streaming for the exits. I mean, let's let's be honest; they were 70 yards from the end zone with no timeouts in uh, in one play, and that's it. Uh, the odds were you know 99.9 percent against them. 
But uh, some of those videos from the stands and the reaction from the fans going insane when they won that game, it just warms my heart, Ryan. Brought a little tear to my eye. And, you know, they're calling that the Boise play, uh, named after Boise State, who had run the similar play back in, I think it was 2004. Might have been against Alabama, uh, ironically enough. You know, and that original play back in 2004 was, uh, I think, a little prettier than this one. I think this one uh, uh, was a little rough around the edges, but it doesn't make any difference. In the end, the only thing everyone will remember is Kenyon Drake flying across the goal line and poor Gronkowski flailing on the ground like a dead fish. Now, there is one set of circumstances where if they make the playoffs this year, that is going to be the play. Do you think it gets diminished if they don't make the playoffs? I don't think it does. I think just in the fact that it may very well have cost the Patriots their chance at home field and therefore perhaps uh, ushered them out of the playoffs a little faster uh, satisfies all the Miami fans. Yeah, because if we can't get in, then fuck everyone else. Absolutely, Ryan. Absolutely. Well, I could go on all day about Finsanity, the Miami miracle, uh, but I think maybe it's time for us to jump into some predictions. First up, Dolphins at Vikings. Now, the Dolphins, the the big problem here is, is after such an emotional, hard-fought win, is there going to be a little bit of a letdown? And they've got to go on the road and play Minnesota, which has a very tough defense. So... You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to take the Dolphins, Ryan, against my better judgment. My heart says do it. I think Dolphins win. I think they squeak out a win over Minnesota and continue this improbable drive toward the playoffs. The Dolphins need to win this game to stay in the hunt for the playoffs. I hate to say this, but I predict that Santa will leave a lump of coal in their blowhole. Oh, that, that sounds painful. All right. What else you got for us, Ryan? Next up, Patriots at Steelers. Well, now the Patriots are losing a lot of games on the road this year, and the Steelers are just a little desperate after that slide they've had lately. I think the Steelers uh, take it to the Patriots. I think not only do they win, but they win by 10 points or more. I'm going to go with Steelers. I predict that not many people will know that Tom Brady was the first person to nickname Roethlisberger Big Ben. Of course, Brady did this after getting a reach around from the Steelers quarterback. Oh, that sounds a lot like Brady. He's a big fan of reach arounds. <laughs> Next up, Packers at Bears. Ah, well, uh, Lurch brings his Packers into town uh, against the Chicago Bears, but uh, the Bears happen to have uh, a pretty darn good defense. So uh, I think they shut down Aaron Rodgers. I think the Bears win at home. I predict that the grizzly veterans of the Bears will have these teams go in polar opposite directions for the playoffs and it will all be captured on kodiak film panda that was terrible ron thank you thank you Mm -hmm. i worked hard on that next up raiders at Bengals. oh this is a tough one Uh, recent news uh the Raiders are being sued by the city of Oakland for leaving, and it may actually put them without a home next year. So uh, between that and, uh, you know, Gruden trying to dismantle the team, uh, I think they drop one on the road to the Andy Daltonless Bengals. Uh, I think the Bengals win. I predict that the Bengals win-loss record is only like the seventh most disappointing thing about Cincinnati. 
That's uh, very generous of you, actually. Very generous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime I talk about Cincinnati, I think about drinking. So uh, what do you got next for us on your uh, holiday buying guide, Ryan? Next up, Smirnoff Watermelon. Yeah. According to Smirnoff, watermelon is sweet and never bitter. It's a great vodka flavor to share with friends. All you need is a mixer and a glass to enjoy it. And for our Jewish friends, it is kosher. Oh, that sounds very promising. All right. I, I have a good feeling about this one, Ryan. All right. Let's uh, let's give this a try here. You know, it's not that bad. All right. All right. Good. So if uh, you have a lady on your wish list or a uh, wispy slip of a man who has a lot of uh, life uh, choices to make still, this would be a great gift. Excellent. Sounds like it's right up my alley. (laughs) It's up something. All right. Well, uh, now that we've had a little liquor break there, uh, it is Christmas time, in case anyone didn't know. And that means there's lots of Christmas movies and Christmas specials around. So we thought we put together a little list of the Angry Masons top five holiday movies and specials. Holiday celebrate. Please don't do that again. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Well, uh, starting at the bottom with number five, uh, we've got... Die Hard. Ah, yes. Like uh, Andy Samberg's character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this is a Christmas movie, damn it. It is. Even though Bruce Willis has come out and said it's not a Christmas movie, I say, what the fuck do you know, Bruce Willis? It absolutely occurs at Christmas. It is a Christmas movie. It's number five on our list. Die Hard. Yippee-ki-yay, bitch. Wait, is that how it goes? Mm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Go with that. All right. Uh, so at number four, we've got Miracle on 34th Street. And we're talking about the 1947 original, not those bullshit remakes. You know, I have uh, never watched this movie. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, what? I have never watched this movie. How could you have never seen Miracle on 34th Street? It's like a Christmas classic, Ryan. It's a required viewing. Oh, it's pretty easy. It's kind of like watching it, but not doing that. I see. Well... You're missing yeah. out, Ryan. Uh, you know what? And I, I think I've got that version kicking around here on Blu-ray somewhere. Uh, I'll just make sure when you're in town, we sit down and watch that. Yeah, make sure we don't. All right. Mm, okay. All right. You know, okay. I, I mean, that's not the only Christmas classic I haven't seen. I also haven't watched. Um, help me out here. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it's a Wonderful yeah. Life. No, Wait. I haven't seen it. Uh, I... Ryan, are you telling me you've never seen Miracle on 34th Street or It's a Wonderful Life? What the hell happened to you when you were a child? Um, I had like better shit to do, like watch Transformers and or GoBots. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, those are two very classic. Now, uh, I will say uh, that one's not on my list, not on our list here, uh, you know, because I, frankly, it's a little long and a little boring. But Miracle on 34th Street, uh, it tugs at the heartstrings. It gets you in the Christmas spirit. Uh, a true classic. Uh, right now I'm doing the, uh, you know, that jerk off hand motion. Yeah. Oh, come on. Why do you have to put that in my, oh, Jesus. Anyway, uh, number three, Tim Burton's classic, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know what? Uh, this would actually make my my bottom uh, list. Like, I know, what? I know I'm going to get some hate here. I'll probably, after saying this, I'll probably never get with a goth chick, but 
I mean, I don't know how goth chicks procreate anyway. I think they like go to a, a dank, dark corner and like lay eggs. And then oh like the God. goth males will come in and kind of jerk off into their hand doing that shuddering, crying thing. The, <laughs> and then they like take the gook oh, that's God. in their hands, just kind of rub it all over the fucking jelly orbs. Way too much thought into that, Ryan. Way too much thought. And again, how can you not like this movie? It's a Tim Burton stop motion Christmas classic. I love that film. If it was such a great film, why did I fall asleep in the middle of it? Uh, probably because you were drinking. Well, that is accurate. Mm. All right. Well, anyway, number two, uh, Chevy Chase's classic, Christmas Vacation. Now, you see, this one I can get on board with. And uh, which character do you identify with, Ryan? I want to say Chevy Chase's character, but come on, let's face it, I'm, I'm probably Uncle Eddie. Yeah, I can just see you um, emptying your RV septic tank into the sewer uh, right now, Ryan. I could just see you there in that bathroom. Uh, I mean, if that's what you like to do, that's uh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you would definitely blow up the street. Now, wait a second. Did we have a sound clip for this? I think my, my favorite scene. Yeah, uh, sure we did. We can insert it right here. What are you doing up, sweetheart? Rock can bit my thumb. What? Him's nervous because Christmas is almost here. Nervous or excited? Shitting bricks. You shouldn't use that word. Sorry. Shit and rocks. Hilarious. What a classic. All right. Well, uh, at number one, our top holiday movie, Elf. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. And why do you love this movie, Ryan? Um, I want to say, you know, the performances and Will, Will Ferrell's comedic genius, oh, so good. but yep. if I'm going to be honest, uh, young blonde Zoe Deschanel. Yes. So really I'd better scurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. The neighbors might think. Say, what's in this drink? I wish I knew how to break the spell. I ought to say no, no, no. Mind if I move in? At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my friend? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. You know what, Ryan? That normally I would tell you, um, you know, that you have something wrong with you, uh, maybe a little lecherous, but uh, I'm on board 100%. That's why I like the movie too. So, uh, yeah, Zoe Deschanel, uh, one of her first film roles, uh, young Zoe Deschanel makes the movie. Uh, that and Will Ferrell's antics uh, puts it at number one for me. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's hilarious. Uh, Bob Newhart is in it. He's so a good. classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So what? I okay. I have a thing for quirky cute girls who have a sense of humor okay Mm -hmm. shame on me i guess but yeah elf number one yep absolutely i agree with you so uh that's our uh our top films ryan uh now there are a few out there that we agree are are terrible Uh, you hate nightmare before christmas Uh, i think you're insane 
but one I hate is that Charlie Brown Christmas special, Ryan. You know the one with the little uh, with the crappy tree that they get and all that. You remember those? We had to watch every year. Damn, hating on Charlie Brown. Wow. Now hold on before uh, before we get too far into the worst, we might need another uh, liquor break, or I might need one anyway. So uh, let's. Oh, all right. Well, fine. Yeah. If I'm going to talk about Charlie Brown and it makes you want to drink, go right ahead. Uh, next up is Jim Beam Apple. Apple, that can't be bad. I've, uh, you know, apple flavor sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it's bourbon. It's apple cider. What could go wrong? So let's try right. this out here. Mm-hmm. I got a good feeling about this one, Ryan. Now, before I take this, uh, I have to say I have tried the Crown Royal Apple, which I lovingly call Crapple, but uh, let's see how this goes. Yeah, you know what? That's good. That's damn good. Excellent. If you like Apple, can't afford the Crown Royal stuff, this is just as good at a cheaper price tag. Nice, Ryan. You're saving the listeners a little cash. It's what I do. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's so, get to uh, the shit. That's right. Uh, now, we talked about how I hate the Charlie Brown Christmas special because, well, it sucks. you're a fucking monster. No, oh, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, another beloved holiday movie that uh, we hate, Ryan. Home Alone. A rare miss for John Hughes, in my opinion. It's true. Now, it did make Macaulay Culkin's career, uh, you know, and, and was a huge hit when it came out. It made bucket loads of cash. Uh, but God damn it, if I don't find that little kid annoying. And and in uh, the movie, it's just, it's just insipid. It is the worst. It I mean, is. So, so steer clear of Home Alone. As great as Plane, Trains, and Automobiles was for Thanksgiving... This is how bad Home Alone was for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's one special out there that it was only aired once because it was that bad. Can you can mm. you take a guess as to what that is? Ryan, I think everyone knows what that is. It's infamous for being the worst holiday special of all time. And that is the Star Wars special, episode four and a half. How can the thing that I love so much bring me so much pain? Ryan, it was just sort of a parade of mediocrity. It was a, a, a terrible like Hollywood variety show wrapped in a uh, shiny Star Wars wrapper. And at the time, uh, people enjoyed it because, oh, it was Star Wars and, and everyone was desperate for something Star Wars. Uh, but if you go back and look at it now, you can just see how absolutely awful it was. I mean, hell, it started off with a scene that lasted several minutes where it was just Wookiees making noise. There weren't even closed captions. Oh, I know. And one reviewer actually said it was written by a sentient bag of cocaine, which if you see the performances, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, you had, uh, uh, was it Diane Carroll just sing a song for no reason? Um, <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. You had Harvey Corman of uh, Blazing Saddles and the Carol Burnett Show fame in, in three different sketches. And all three of them were bad, like very bad. <laughs> Don't forget B. Arthur. Oh, the handsome woman, B. Arthur, yes. That's right, yep. Art Carney showed up, and uh, he was delivering delivering like Wookiee porn or something. And uh, let's face it, Princess Leia was high as hell while they were filming that episode. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, uh, episode three, or Revenge of the Quaaludes. But uh, to, to just to illustrate how bad this was, B. Arthur was the love interest. Let me say that again. B. Arthur, the handsome B. Arthur of Golden Girls fame, 
was the love interest. Yeah, uh, I think it was sort of slapped together at the last minute, just a big cash in for Star Wars. Nowadays, uh, those bootleg VHS tapes of it are sort of collector's editions. Uh, and when you get them, they've still got the com- old commercials from back in the day in there because it was never released for sale. That's how terrible it was. You know what? Um, we're actually going to put a link. They have it posted on YouTube for now. So we'll we'll post a link with uh, with this episode and... I fucking dare you to watch it. <laughs> it's very, very difficult to sit through, uh, even if you're the most hardcore Star Wars fan. The one cool thing, which which actually isn't really that cool, but that is the first sighting of Boba Fett. It's an animated segment. And uh, instead of like killing or being a badass, he's just really gaslighting everyone on the Millennium Falcon for no reason. Well, uh, there was no reason for that special at all, Ryan. So uh, it definitely takes the prize is our worst uh, holiday special. That is, yeah, that's the worst. But um, mm-hmm. you know what? Thank you for sticking with it, uh, with us, you know, this this year. Yes. The Angry Masons, we appreciate our audience. And we want to wish you all a happy holidays. Um, don't you mean Merry Christmas, Ryan? You know, Dan... I actually had some thoughts on that. You gotta be fucking kidding me. You gotta be fucking kidding me. So someone saying happy holidays in December constitutes a war on Christmas? Really? Jesus titty sucking Christ. That's insane. First off, for some historical perspective... No one considered December 25th to be Christmas until the, until the year 336. I may not be terribly good at math, but that doesn't sound like any time near when Jesus was supposed to be born. Most biblical scholars agree that a contextualized reading of the Gospels placed the birth of Jesus at some time in the spring. Now, that doesn't mean that people weren't already partying in late December. Ancient Germanic people celebrated Yule a festival that lasted for 12 days. Ring any jingle bells? The ancient Romans got down to Saturnalia, which occurred from December 17th to December 23rd, and it was a celebration to the god Saturn, where they had feasts and gift-giving and maybe the occasional orgy. So let's make Christmas fun again with an orgy or three, is all I'm saying. Now keep in mind that there are other holidays still recognized and celebrated in December. Some of my ancestors celebrated Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. I ain't never fucked with no dreidel, although I did get a drinking game version of the dreidel a couple years ago. So, uh, he wants to open a bottle of Manischewitz and spin some fucking tops with me, huh? Now, some people celebrate Kwanzaa. I don't know any of these people or what the fuck even happens at Kwanzaa, but that doesn't matter. All that says is that I don't get out and socialize very much. But again, some people do celebrate it, and you don't hear them scream about a war on Kwanzaa. Some people who are current-day pagans and Wiccans, who call themselves witches, but that's only because they're so dramatic, still celebrate the winter solstice. Add some orgies, and I'll be a Wiccan like tomorrow. These are some of the reasons why myself and others make the conscious choice to wish people happy holidays. It's not trying to take anything away from anyone else. It's quite the opposite, really. 
It's recognizing that not one dominant religion gets to police what people say to each other in what's supposed to be a time for coming together and facing the cold and darkness as one people. Hell, people should consider themselves lucky that I say happy holidays and not my standard go fuck yourself like every other time of the year. The best example of this coming together is the Christmas truce of 1914. Just a few months into World War I, Christmas came. The Germans and the Allies were engaged in vicious trench warfare. Just one day earlier, these armies were shooting to kill each other. The no-man's land between the trenches was only a distance of 100 feet. Think about that. 100 feet separating you from your, your sworn enemy. Now, the enlisted men, you know, the ones ordered to actually kill each other while the officers would not subject themselves to outright violence, started singing Christmas songs. When one side finished a song, the other would start one of their own. And this went on and on, and then until, ultimately, legend has it that the two sides, for this one night only, put down their arms and played a game or two of soccer. Now, if sides in an actual war with bloodshed and mustard gas can come together in the spirit of goodwill, then surely some culture warriors can stop whinging about the right of other believers to celebrate the season in their own way. And that's a brick of truth to your face, courtesy of the Angry Masons. Thank you, Ryan. That was uh, that was very heartfelt, and I think it was appropriate for the season. And you know what, Dan? I got something else, a little bonus. What's that? It's, it's time to try some Crown Royal Vanilla, baby. Oh, now that sounds good. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's give it a try here. Um, All right. According to the propaganda, and uh, in case any liquor sponsors are out there listening to this, um, check out how well I do this here. <clears throat> to create this extraordinary blend, Crown Royal whiskeys are carefully selected by our master whiskey blenders and infused with the rich flavor of Madagascar bourbon vanilla. The result is a uniquely sophisticated whiskey, bursting with the bold flavor of vanilla and the distinctive smoothness of Crown Royal. Give me money, please. Okay, hold on. Now, this is 70 proof. Let's give this a try here. All right, now that is smooth. I mean, smooth. Now, usually nice. I mix my Crown Royal with ginger, uh, ale, or beer. But you mix this with a Coke... And yeah, you got one of those vanilla cokes that uh, the hipsters are so keen on, right? That is a that's a Dubai, so uh, not Dubai like in the United Arab Emirates, but yes, go ahead and buy this. Now, of all the ones you tasted today, what's your top one, Ryan? My top one, if I was going to be sitting alone in my apartment drinking and uh, uh, weeping sadly to myself, I would probably take the Jim Beam Apple. Nice. All right, so there you have it, everyone. Jim Beam Apple, that's the uh, drink of choice to give away as a gift this year. And uh, just remember, the reason for the season is Jesus! So, <laughs> so keep that in mind when you're giving out all those gifts. Now, uh, that's our last show, Ryan, of the year, the last of, uh, of 2018. Uh, we'll be back again on January 4th. We're going to take a little time off and spend with our, our friends, family, loved ones, Ryan. Yeah, we are, but uh, next week we're probably going to phone it in with a clip show. So, yeah. 
We're working on a little something to tide everyone over because I know the pent-up demand for Angry Masons uh, could be overwhelming uh, if there's two weeks without content. I know. So just calm down. You'll get your fix. All right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you can reach us on Facebook.com slash Angry Masons. Download new episodes on SoundCloud.com slash Angry Masons. Reach us by email, angrymasons at catlover.com. The, uh, the inbox is empty while well, I'm waiting for those emails to come to come flooding in. Uh, or find us on Twitter at Angry Masons. You can download episodes on Spotify and tune in. And very soon, very soon, you'll be able to also catch us on iTunes. Hell yeah. That's right. So uh, until then, I guess we're going to ride like the wind, Ryan. You know what? 2018 is going to ride like the wind. That's See ya. Right.